Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 36 Transgression speaks to the wicked deep in their hearts. There is no fear of God before their eyes. For they flatter themselves in their own eyes that their iniquity cannot be found out and hated. The words of their mouths are mischief and deceit. They have ceased to act wisely and do good. They plot mischief while on their beds. They are set on a way that is not good. They do not reject evil. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like mighty mountains. Your judgments are like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. O continue your steadfast love to those who know you, and your salvation to the upright of heart. Do not let the foot of the arrogant tread on me, or the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evil doers lie prostrate. They are thrust down, unable to rise. Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me here before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land for these two years, and the year, there are more five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them, and after that his brothers talked with him. Acts chapter 7, verses 9 through 16. 
The patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his afflictions and enabled him to win favor and to show wisdom when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who appointed him ruler over Egypt and all, over all his household. Now there came a famine throughout Egypt and Canaan, and great suffering, and our ancestors could find no food. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our ancestors there on their first visit. On the first visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent and invited his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to him, seventy-five in all. So Jacob went down to Egypt. He himself died there as well as our ancestors, and their bodies were brought back to Shechem and laid at the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor and Shechem. Good morning, and welcome to the 11th Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. Uh, This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 36, Genesis 45, and Acts 7. Um, I have to apologize for missing uh, the reading yesterday. Uh, It was the first day of preschool. Um, We had some, yeah, all kinds of things going on. Um, And like many others... Um, in the military community, I was also watching the news as the Taliban uh, overtook Kabul, the capital city, and I didn't um, deploy to Afghanistan. Um, I have friends who did. Uh, one of my roommates, when I was getting out of the military, he went to Afghanistan and I went to Iraq. Um, and I remember early on, um, yeah. Uh, two, both of our units were in Hawaii. His unit went to Afghanistan a couple months before my unit went to Iraq. And he wrote me saying, you know, we're still in, you know, tents and, you know, uh, showers in a bag and all this stuff. And I got to Iraq and we had connexes, we had palaces, we had, uh, you know, chow halls. And it was really clear that all of these resources after three years, uh, after 9-11, all these resources were being poured into Iraq and, and not so much in Afghanistan. And um, it went on that way for 20 years uh, where, you know, there's certainly some responsibility on the Afghan military and I don't know who all else. Um, but it, you know, it makes us wonder, those who have been, uh, to Warren, who have been training these uh, indigenous forces, makes us wonder if, you know, if, did we fail in some way? Um, you know, have we, like Joseph's brothers, uh, are we guilty of some, some wrongdoing? Um, and I don't know, I don't know that we, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, and I, I'm sure one or two brief words wouldn't assuage uh, the feelings that a lot of uh, veterans of Afghanistan have. And we went through this with Iraq as well, and many soldiers have deployed to both. Um, and it feels meaningless. Um, I do think that it was anticipated. I mean, we couldn't have stayed without just, yeah, without <laughs> just essentially becoming you know, a territory of the United States. Um, 
but uh, you know the we never really made you know solid um, you know uh, solid ground there. Um, I I see some. I think the one was a veteran, but he may not have been talking about how historically, like it's called the empire, the graveyard of empires for a reason. You know, it was um, Alexander the Great, it was the Persians, it was um, uh, the Brits. You know, now us. Um, but that doesn't do anything to um, comfort those who saw the images on TV of. You know, Afghans literally clinging to the outside of an airplane, um, and then what appears to be falling to their death um, moments later. Um, nothing that can be said really um, helps. Um, knowing that um, so many of us did our best, thousands if not possibly millions, that deployed through Afghanistan um, training the Afghan forces getting to know um, local townspeople and then coming home and doing it again. Um, there's an article in which a military spouse was talking about how personal it felt because, you know, she got to know some of these um, families vicariously through her husband who was deploying, you know, f- uh, I think he had four deployments. Um, and... Even as I say that, I think like four deployments is fucking insane. Um, it's it's crazy that that for twenty years we would just keep sending people and doing more or less the same thing and expecting different results. And so it's it's certainly uh, complicated as an understatement. Um, but I know for many veterans, our hearts go out to those people who saw the advance on the Capitol and, and just couldn't bear the idea of returning to, uh, you know, pre-9-11 Taliban rule. Um, people were painting over images of women at hair salons. Uh, TV channels had stopped, um, you know, featuring female anchors. So they, they know what's coming. Um, they don't know exactly how harsh it will be. Uh, they've, the Taliban has made promises that civilians won't be harmed, but I mean, you know, what, when uh, their idea of uh, a capital crime is, you know, something like, you know, adultery or, or you know, not wearing the right thing or something, um, what does it mean to be, you know, told that you'll be safe because you're a civilian? Um, and so there's a lot of uncertainty and, and fear. Um, and uh, the one thing that I find some solace in, um, I was not anticipating this, but if you are plugged into the VA, you got an email um, from I don't know who saying, you're not alone, here's some resources. Um, and, you know, uh, commanders have been writing, you know, social media posts about, you know, they've built their careers in Afghanistan and, and to a lesser extent, Iraq. And we've been there 20 years. That's an entire, you know, full military retirement, you know, kind of term. So you could have gone as a private and come back as a sergeant major or first sergeant. I don't know if you can make sergeant major in 20, but anyway. Um, 
And so there's um, a lot of mixed emotions. It feels like abandonment. It feels like um, you know there's some sense of betrayal, some sense of you know have we done something wrong? Um, uh, who is it that's done this thing that we feel is wrong? Is it me? Is it a politician? Is it? Um, it's hard to to pin down exactly where these motions come from and where they're going. Um, but uh, uh, on, I'd like to think that, as with Joseph, he saw in all this God's work. You know, I, you didn't sell me into slavery. God brought me here. You know, it, it, it's it's not your fault. Um, I'd like to think that there's some meaning to it, and that God has plans for Afghanistan that don't include. Um, you know, harsh, violent repression that we saw um, before, you know, in the 90s, basically. Um, I was thinking about, um, there's a movie or something. Um, back in the 70s, Afghanistan used to be not the most liberal, but, you know, it was, it was an open society. Um, people had, you know, there's universities and coffee shops and... Um, in you know, in the span of twenty years, that changed drastically, um, and I want to believe that things can change again, um, even if it doesn't mean that it's the United States trying to do the change. Um, that something might happen um, that we can uh, that we can know that um, Afghani's have uh, you know light at the end of the tunnel, in you know, the promise of a better life. And not just you know, uh, you know, kind of a, a theocracy that punishes um, th- that punishes people um, unequally, um, but we don't. It's not something that we can see right now. Um, that's something that we can only hope for. Um, but uh, until that time comes, uh, we like Job. And we just kind of have to sit on the pot shards and accept that this is this is the way things are for right now. We did our best. Um, just because it fell doesn't mean we didn't do our job. There's a lot of factors that went into where we are now. Um, and then we can say with Job that, you know, I don't know that I've done anything wrong. And yet, here I am in this moral wasteland wondering... Um, you know, how I got here and what I have to do to get out. Um, sometimes we, all we can do is sit silently with our friends um, and hope they don't say something stupid. Um, and when they do, we just kind of have to tolerate them and engage, but um, know that there is meaning beyond what we see right in front of us. Um, that though we feel some control and responsibility, um, it isn't total. It's not all, you know, it doesn't rest on our shoulders alone. Um, and uh, to to keep watch for those ways in which Afghanistan's future might be unveiled um, in hope and um, in, in uh, expectation that things, uh, things always change and hopefully they'll soon change for the better. 
A Prayer for Peace from the Book of Common Prayer. Eternal God, in whose perfect kingdom no sword is drawn but the sword of righteousness, no strength known but the strength of love, so mightily spread abroad your spirit that all peoples may be gathered under the banner of the Prince of Peace, as children of one Father, to whom be dominion and glory, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.